Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sports Speak, episode 87, actually our second episode of the weekend. I'm Eddie Kalegi. Tim not here for this one. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, Tim and I did an episode uh, just yesterday, talked about the NBA trade deadline, the NASCAR clash. Uh, I even did that from a parking garage at Rutgers because I wanted to get it done. So now I'm back in my normal abode. Uh, but we got a whole squad here to talk about Super Bowl 56, just two days away. Maybe not the matchup anybody thought, but it's going to be Matt Stafford and the Rams against Joe Burrow and the Bengals. And we got a panel, Zoe Alter, Andrew Bellows, Raheel Jaswal, here to break it all down and get you set. And you know I have to go to Zoe first, the well-known token Detroit Lions fan, who might be even taking her her framed Matthew Stafford jersey out to wear it on Sunday. I mean, how does it feel as a Lions fan that you had a talent that was Matthew Stafford for 12 years? Because clearly all of us realize now the problem was not Stafford as at all. It was the Detroit Lions organization to see him in his first year go to the Super Bowl. Okay. Just for the record, like I've been saying that he is a top QB for so many years and no one listens. No one ever listened when, when Lions fans said he was good. He was the one thing that if when the Lions had any success, when they came back in games, it was always because of him. He led everything and he played through so many injuries. But in terms of now, it's as if like, it's almost not quite, but it's almost like my team's in the Super Bowl because it's not like the Lions have kind of accepted are never going to go to the Super Bowl. Like the chances of them going to the Super Bowl are so low. It's just, it's not going to, it might not happen in my lifetime. So I feel like this may be as close as I'm going to get. And therefore, I may as well be a Rams fan right now. And Matt Stafford even tweeted, like, I'm playing for Lions fans too. So obviously, he's calling to us. He needs us. And um, I am very, very excited. It is, it, it's weird, like, because I'm not a Rams fan in any sense, but I'm such a Matthew Stafford fan, that, like I'm becoming a Rams fan for this year. So let's talk about before we get into the big game, the two teams that were eliminated just two weeks ago. Uh, and I want to focus first on the Kansas City Chiefs falling to the Cincinnati Bengals and Patrick Mahomes. And as an Eagles fan, you know, I'm prided on the coaching of Andy Reid because, you know, he coached the Eagles for so long and he finally got his long awaited Super Bowl in Kansas City two years ago. But even I can't deny the fact that Andy Reid is a pretty bad coach when it comes to the postseason, specifically in conference championship games. He went one and four in those games with the Eagles, now two and two uh, with the Chiefs. And both of those losses were pretty rough and pretty bad. And uh, I'll go to Andrew first on this. I mean, the Chiefs looked like they were in full control of that game at halftime. I mean, things were rolling. They had an 18 point lead at one point. And then Patrick Mahomes just, it was as if Jackson Mahomes was out there playing quarterback. I mean, it was, it was a disaster for this offense. And then the overtime rule that was so scandalous, uh, the Chiefs ended up winning the toss, but the Bengals defense did their job and proved the overtime rule wrong. So uh, what do you make of the Chiefs going forwards and how they lost this game? So in terms of how they lost this game, I think it's, it really comes down to two things. Uh, the first is that the Bengals scored a pretty wacky uh, running back screen at the end of the first half, which probably changed the momentum of the game. And when, when you're in control of a game like that and something happens in another way, it, it, you just switch off. Like as soon as that play happened, I was like, wow, this is, this is really a game we have here. Uh, and the second thing it comes down to is uh, defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo from Cincy. He really figured out the Chiefs offense and he found a way to stop them. Uh, so it really started with, with that play at, at the end of the half and also the defense for Cincinnati really stepping it up. Uh, in terms of the Chiefs going forward, they're, they're going to be the Chiefs. I mean, they're a fantastic team still. 
very well built. They've locked up Mahomes and Chris Jones long-term. They're just a very good team. They're always going to be competitors as long as they have Mahomes and Andy Reid and that that little core they have going there. So I'm I'm not too worried about them long-term. Raheel, I know you were on the show a couple of weeks ago when you and Tim previewed uh, these conference championship matchups and uh, you guys thought the Bengals, you know, they were going to put up a fight, but the Bengals keep proving people wrong, you know, coming in as underdogs, being able to take down Kansas City. So uh, I guess the similar question to you, I mean, uh, how do you feel about how the Chiefs played in this game and where they go from here entering 2022? Uh, where they go from here, they'll be they'll be fine. But I mean, me and Tim talked about it was all going to depend on whether the Chiefs could get pressure with their front four. And once again, they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it against the Bengals when they played in the regular season. In fact, they were up 28-14 at, at, um, at halftime in that game in Cincinnati. So, I mean, it kind of exactly happened the, the same way it did in the regular season. Um, Cincinnati, excellent job shutting down the Chiefs. And I've been saying this for a while, Eddie. Take, if you look at the Chiefs' offense, they don't, they, if you really look at it, they don't have that much depth. Because outside of Tyreek Hill, who I honestly think Tyreek Hill's kind of overrated, and Travis Kelsey, they don't have a consistent running back. And their best two weapons outside of that are McCole Hardman, who's purely just a speedster, and Byron Pringle. I mean, there's not much depth behind there. You look at these other teams with their wide receiver cores, they're not as deep. And in a season where injuries happen and, and all that, um, it's going to come back to bite you, but I felt like a major, you know, Andrew, you talk about the, the screen pass. Another thing that was extremely major was Andy Reid not taking the field goal at the, at the end of the first half. I completely understand, you know, when you have those guys to go for it. And I'm also not letting Mahomes off the hook there. I mean, that's a terrible decision. I don't, I don't know if he thought he – it looked like he thought he had a timeout because he was trying to call a timeout afterwards. The one thing you got to know there is, hey, you got no timeouts. You th- if it's not there, throw it in the dirt as quick as possible – and take the field goal. I mean, I don't know why, what it is with coaches. I mean, when will the coaches seem not to learn from each other? I was, I would assume that coaches would learn from Mike Vrabel's decision of not taking the extra point instead of going, uh, when he went for two, instead of taking the extra point. I feel like people just should learn from that because if Vrabel had taken that extra point, that game could have been a lot different because the Titans would have been up and they could have, you know, started to run out the clock, bleed the clock. And then all of a sudden they put Joe Burrow with like 30 seconds left, no timeouts way back inside the 20. Instead, you force Ryan Tannehill to try and do it all. But for some reason, coaches will still make these same mistakes. It makes no sense to me. In the postseason, when you have to, you have to take the points. I, I don't care who you have. You have to take the points. It, it just, just blows my mind. And as for Kansas City, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, he had a rough year, but he'll be okay. He'll learn from it. In the second half, I, com- I just felt like he they reverted back to what they were trying to do in the first seven weeks of the season. It was almost similar to what Aaron Rodgers did in, against San Francisco, not taking those checkdowns, trying to force the ball into double coverage deep downfield, and he got intercepted twice because of it. But as for KC, they'll be fine. Major props to the Bengals. Um, <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know how they've done it. Uh, they're doing it with probably their best defensive lineman, Ogunjobi, out as well. So major props to them. But Casey will be fine going forward. But I think this is all positive in the long run for Mahomes and Reed because it's a for Mahomes, it's a learning experience. You know, he had that sort of wonder boy run first two years. Then he got, he got humbled in the Super Bowl. Then this year's another uh, rough year for him. So it, it'll all help him later on in his career. He's still only like 20, 25 years old, so he'll be fine. 
I think it's funny how like with the Chiefs and part of it is because they were going against the Bengals and Joe Burrow is so likable and the Bengals as a franchise have become very likable nationally. But it seemed like America was just so happy when the Chiefs lost. And Patrick Mahomes is not necessarily a hated quarterback and Andy Reid is a very well-liked coach. But, you know, I think between Jackson Mahomes and Brittany Matthews, I think a lot of that ended up contributing to the hatred towards the Kansas City Chiefs. But yeah, I agree with you guys. I mean, I'm pretty sure they're going to be back in the picture uh, competing for an AFC title again next year. And who knows, they might get a rematch with the Buffalo Bills and we'll get to see another iconic battle between Mahomes and Allen down the road in the postseason next year. But I want to talk about the NFC Championship. And Zoe, let's not forget the 49ers could have probably won this game if Jaquiski Tart did not drop that interception. That was a bad throw by Matthew Stafford. He left it short. The Niners were playing with a lead, and then the Rams were able to drive down the field for the game-winning score. And, I mean, this is not the first time we've seen Kyle Shanahan blow a lead uh, in the playoffs, but the Niners, I mean, even with the hindrance of having Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback, put up a really good fight against the Rams, but L.A. was finally able to overcome San Francisco, who had dominated them in the regular season over the last couple of years and beat them the last week of the season to even get into the playoffs. So uh, how do you feel about San Francisco? Of course, Jimmy G probably not going to be the quarterback there next year. The Trey Lance era coming soon, whether you like it or not. But uh, the Rams taking care of business against the Niners. Where does San Francisco go from here? So San Francisco, you talked a little about Matt Stafford's throws. But if you just look at some of Jimmy Garoppolo's throws, they were awful. Like, I know he did a lot, and, like, obviously they almost won. And for a while there, I did think they were going to win. Like, I was sad. I was like, the Rams are over. But the 49ers' luck had to come to an end at some point, right? Because it seemed like they just kept winning these games that they came in as the complete underdog. And so I assumed it was going to end somewhere. But as for Jimmy Garoppolo, there were plays where he literally threw it, like, three feet over his receiver's head. Or, like, he would try to throw it out of bounds, and he wouldn't make it out of bounds. Or, like, certain things like that. Just poor decisions with the ball when you have to be smart with the ball. And I think that's something that as you get further into the playoffs, those little things become crucial. Like, for example, if Matt Stafford makes some of the throws that he made in that 40s Niners game in like this weekend in the Super Bowl, the Rams are going to lose. He can't afford to make those throws. He can't afford to get picked off like that. But as for the future of the 49ers, I agree with you. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is gone. I think his time has been coming for a while. Like his time to end has been coming for a while. I was even I remember when I mean, he first was with them and he was kind of bouncing around. Everyone's like, oh, like he's like this guy who like played under Tom Brady. Like maybe he's going to come and be great. And then he never was. And for me, I never saw that Jimmy Garoppolo. I've always thought he's this guy who can't run that well. He gets hurt and he doesn't throw the most accurate passes. That's who he's always been. So I think going forward with the 49ers, you have arguably you have the two best tight ends in the league, right? I mean, I guess you could say. Travis Kelsey. But other than that, I mean, George Kittle, I think is arguably the best tight end in the league, how much he does for that team. And I think building around that team, I do think they have a really good team there. They have so much depth and they were really hurt by injuries as the playoffs kept going on. I mean, you just saw them get more and more injuries. So I think once you get a new QB in there who can actually hit throws, I think that helps momentum. The fact that they were able to get this far when no one really believed in them getting this far is impressive. And obviously they're just going to keep adding pieces. And especially once you get Jimmy Garoppolo gets paid way too much there. Once you get rid of that, you can go out and get someone else. You can get a big player with that money and Trey Lance. They're going to have to sign him soon, but because he hasn't done anything, like he's still going to be on the rookie contract. So I think they're going to be able to acquire a good name, build up that defense a little bit more, even though it's great. And I think things are going to, I think we're going to be looking out for them in the next couple of years. 
Yeah, I certainly think San Francisco is going to stay good regardless of who their quarterback is because we've seen Jimmy Garoppolo is not a great quarterback by any standards, but this team very close to going to the Super Bowl two out of three years despite injuries this season. And that defense, I mean, they held down a Rams offense and kept them under control, a Rams team that had been rolling offensively and put up 27 points in the first 32 minutes of a game against uh, the Buccaneers. So, uh, you know, the Rams offense is stout, but the 49ers were able to hold them in check. And despite the Rams having a solid O-line, the 49ers defense, their front seven, was able to pressure Matthew Stafford enough to kind of force him into some tough throws and not really allow him to hit the weapons that he liked. Cooper Cup and OBJ both came up clutch at times in the game, but neither of them really stepped up to the extent that some people might have expected or what some people think we might see on Sunday. But I want to talk about Jimmy G a little bit before we get to the Super Bowl, because of course, this is going to be a crazy offseason. There's going to be a lot of quarterbacks on the move. Don't know about Aaron Rodgers' future. Uh, Russell Wilson in Seattle, of course, now Tampa Bay needs to fill a quarterback spot. Pittsburgh as well. Those are two teams that, you know, a quarterback away from being very, very competitive. So uh, I'll go to Raheel first in this. Where do you think Jimmy Garoppolo would be a good fit for next season uh, at quarterback? That's a tough question because, you know, the one, the, the thing about people, the, the, always the one knock on Jimmy G is, and I think it's valid is he can't win a football game without, without a run game. Now he won 70% of his games in San Francisco. So we have to give him that whether it was because of the defense they were, when he was in, they won more times than they lost. We have to give him that personally. I mean, I, I see him nothing. I don't see him as anything more than a bridge QB. Like, let's be honest. I see him at a QB that'll fill the void for two, three years while they look in the draft. So maybe Pittsburgh is an option because Pittsburgh doesn't have a quarterback situation. I mean, I don't know what their plan is at quarterback unless they want Dwayne Haskins to go who let's be honest. I don't, I think Jimmy G would be a far better option for Dwayne Haskins. You've got a good running back in Najee Harris and you've still got a very good defense, even though they did struggle this year. TJ Watt, all those guys. And if they can stay healthy, they've got the they've got the receivers to where Jimmy G can can throw those short crossing routes. So I mean that's an option. A lot uh, I think Pittsburgh maybe is the more likely. And he, he needs to go to a team that's well structured. Pittsburgh, he's I, I think Pittsburgh would be the best option for him until they look to find another QB in um in the in the future. But Pittsburgh for me, yeah. Andrew, how about you? I agree. I think I think Pittsburgh is a very good destination for him because I, I also don't see him as a quarterback that a playoff team is going to look to acquire. I think he definitely does fit that bridge quarterback description. And I'll, I know he wants to be traded to a contender and him and John Lynch, the GM of the Niners, kind of agreed like, hey, we're going to look to trade you to a contender. I really don't think any contending team is going to want to uh, acquire him because you look at what he did in San Francisco with the team around him. It's a fantastic team, and a lot of their mishaps in the playoffs have come down to him. So if you're a contending team, you see that, you know, I'm kind of disappointed looking at that. Like, I, I don't well, – I want to stay away from this guy. Um, so I definitely think bridge quarterback for him, uh, Pittsburgh, maybe Carolina. Uh, but I, I don't really see him fitting well in Carolina either. So Pittsburgh is probably the best destination for him. All right, well, let's shift into our Super Bowl predictions now. So I want to start with, you know, focusing on each team at a time. And let's start with the Cincinnati Bengals. We can kind of go one at a time with a big key for that team going in. Uh, I'll start with that. For the Bengals, to me, their biggest key is going to be the offensive line because 
Aaron Donald is going to be pressuring them up the middle. And even if they double team Aaron Donald, even if they're successful with that, which is, you know, a difficult task enough, you're going to have Von Miller then uncontested coming around the edge blindside on Joe Burrow. And I mean, Burrow once in a while, we'll see those Houdini escapes like we saw against Kansas city on the third and seven play to get the first down. But uh, that doesn't happen very often. And Joe Burrow, He's he's got some mobility. He's he's not he's not Lamar Jackson out there. They're, they're going to catch up to him. So the big question is, will the Bengals offensive line be able to give Joe Burrow enough time to throw the ball? Because even if Jamar Chase is covered off well by Jalen Ramsey, he's got other targets. He's got Uzoma. He can check down to Mixon. You've got Tyler Boyd, Higgins. They there are options, even if he doesn't have Jamar Chase open. So if Burrow can get time. And if the offensive line can provide him time, to me, that's the biggest key for the Bengals to be able to get a Super Bowl victory. Uh, Zoe, how about you, your biggest key for the Bengals? I think the biggest key for the Bengals, honestly, I get where you're coming from on offense, but I think a lot of it's going to come from defense because we've seen the Bengals offense be really powerful. We've seen, you know, the Jamar Chase connection. That's a whole thing. But I think in terms of defense, if you look at even on the safety side, right, like if you look at a guy like Jesse Bates, who's playing safety there. He has so many interceptions this season. He's been great in catching balls and getting receivers off guard. I think that's a huge thing because Matt Stafford, we've seen have these kind of like crappy throws that he either doesn't reach the receiver or he throws a little too hard or behind the receiver. And that still happens. And that's going to happen if the Bengals do get any pressure on him up front. So I think what's going to really matter is not letting Cooper cup dominate the Bengals and things like that. So I think, the Bengals defense has to step up and shut down Cooper cup and Odell. And I think if they can do that and really just dismantle Cooper cup in some setting, I think they have a chance at winning. Andrew, what are you looking at for a key for the Bengals? Uh, Jamar chase. Definitely. On, I'm looking on the offensive side uh, because that defense for the Rams is star studded. They have a lot of great players, but the Ramsey and chase uh, matchup is going to be a very interesting one. Because I know Ramsey has said he's wanted to take as many snaps as possible against Chase, uh, and that's very respectable, honestly. You know, he wants the challenge. He wants to be the X factor for the Rams. But if Chase can manage to get open against the Rams' best player on defense, in my opinion, Jalen Ramsey, actually maybe Aaron Donald, but but uh, he's one of the best players in the league, Jalen Ramsey. So if if Chase can get open against him then it opens up a world of possibilities for the Bengals offense. You know, they can uh, spread the field as much as they want. It may open up the run game. It may open up the play action. So I really think the chase matchup is going to be the most important part of uh, Cincinnati winning this game, if if they are to win this game. Yeah, you know, the defense is just crazy. I mean, you never really think about super teams in the NFL, but the fact that Von Miller is at best the third best player on that defense is just just insane. But uh, lastly, Raheel, uh, your biggest key for the Bengals going into Sunday. I was going to go with the offensive line, but I will say get to Stafford. You have to, you have to get to Matthew Stafford. I mean, through three and Zoe, you talk about dismantling Cooper cup. I don't think that's physically possible with the way he's played this season. Like let's be honest. The, the trademark of a top receiver is, you know, where the ball is going, but you still can't stop him. It's the same thing with Devonte Adams in green Bay. You know, he's getting the ball and you still can't stop him. So I don't think it's possible to stop Cooper Cup, but you have to get to Stafford because all I'm saying is if Eli Apple is covering any of those receivers, whether it be Odell, Cooper Cup, I mean, even Van Jefferson deep, I mean, good Lord, he's in for a long super. And I hope that happens because 
As a Giants fan, I hate Eli Apple. I cannot stand him. So please, <laughs> so, so hopefully he gets burned. But that's the main for the bang get for the Bengals. Get to Stafford because you can get to Stafford, make him uncomfortable. He's prone to make some of these re, uh, you know really poor throws. And also, I mean, I mean the, the Niners got to him for three quarters and they held him to seven points. And again, if you get to if you get to him early, you put the pressure on him. You always want to try and put pressure on these QBs early, but. They don't get to him early. They let him get comfortable in the pocket. And then all of a sudden they can start to get the run game going. Then it's, then it's trouble for the Bengals. So I say get to Stafford. All right. Let's talk about LA now. I'll start. Mine might be a little different than you guys. I think mine is simply limiting early mistakes. We've seen the Rams make a lot of mistakes at times. And Matthew Stafford has been prone to throwing interceptions early in games, especially in big games. We also know all the fumbles where they nearly coughed up that game against Tampa Bay, even Cooper cup fumbled. They had four lost fumbles in the second half of that game against Tampa. And we've seen them against good teams. Well, not, not to the Bengals stature, but decent teams in the AFC really struggle. I mean, they barely beat the Ravens the second to last week of the regular season, all the way back against the Colts. Carson Wentz was trying to throw shovel passes at the one yard line and they still almost uh, blew that game and they had a block punt. Um, on a really bad play where the punter ended up punting it right back off his own long snapper. I mean, the Rams have made a lot of poor mistakes and a lot of these happen in crucial spots or early in games. So Rams have to go in there and set the tone. You're playing at home. You know, you've got, you're, you've got most of the advantage on your side. Many people think that you are the better team and many of your players have experience on this stage before, especially, you know, Von Miller as a leader, players in the Rams like Aaron Donald and Andrew Whitworth that were on this same stage three years ago. So you've got to come in with that confidence and try to limit the mistakes. Feel comfortable that you're in your own building, you're at SoFi Stadium, and just try to set the tone early in the game. Uh, Zoe, how about you? Your key for the Rams in this one. My key, I mean, it's kind of basic, but my key is just Aaron Donald. That's really all it is. If Aaron Donald gets going, there's no stopping him. It, there's no way. Joe Burrow can try to do whatever he wants, whatever fancy stuff and everything. But if Aaron Donald's really on his game, it's over for the Bengals. Like, it, that's just it. In games when Aaron Donald's had a lot of sacks, and obviously he always has an impact, but some games, some games more than others. And the games when he's really, really gotten a bunch of sacks, when he's gotten over two sacks in games like that, it's been the Rams have been unstoppable. And I think that's a huge part. Give the ball to Matt Stafford. Let him do his thing. Let your offense have time to get down the field. He can throw his short passes to Cooper Cup or whatever he wants. But for me, it all comes down to Aaron Donald. If he can get pressure, Von Miller and other guys can come in and get pressure, and it just collapses the whole Bengals offense. Andrew, how about you? Your uh, key for the Rams coming into this one? Um, definitely the run game for them. Uh, I think the Rams love to pride themselves on power run. They've, that's been their identity for the last four or five years now, starting with Todd Gurley. Uh, ever since McVay has come in, he's loved to run the ball. In the last two weeks, they've really struggled in a way to run the ball. Uh, the Bucks have a really good run defense. The Niners have a fantastic run defense as well. But, I mean, if you look at the Bengals, they have quite a bit of a softer run defense on them. So if the Rams are able to run the ball – effectively on the first two downs first second down they can throw the ball and it, it'll open up a world of possibilities as i was saying with jamar chase jay and ramsey this game is going to be about can the best players on each team make plays at the right time uh 
And if the Rams are able to set the tone with the run, then they'll give their stars the opportunity to do that. So I definitely think Cam Akers, Sony Michelle, uh, that offensive line, they've really got to set the tone early with the run game. And lastly, Raheel, your key for LA. Defensive line has to dominate on every single aspect of the game, not only in pass rush, but in run stopping. Stop Joe Mixon. If you can stop Joe Mixon, then all of a sudden these D linemen can, can pin their ears up and go get and go get Joe Burrow. But all of a sudden, if they can run the football, then it's a different problem. We've seen teams, we've seen the 49ers and other teams be able to run it straight up the gut against the Rams, even when they had Von Miller. Granted, it was at the start, but they can be run on. So you have to dominate in all aspects of the game. Another thing is switch up the switch up the linemen of defense. Don't just line Aaron Donald up, up the middle the whole time. Put him on the outside, put him on the inside, put him everywhere, switch it up, make Joe Burrow have to not try. I don't think you're going to confuse Joe Burrow. He's extremely smart, but you have to give him different looks because if you give, if you continue to just line up Aaron Donald right down the middle, then they're going to get used to it, obviously. And then they can call, you know, Burrow can call the protections, but if you give him different looks, all of a sudden things become a lot more difficult. So, you know, don't be afraid to put Vaughn, which they have done, put, uh, put Vaughn Miller on the other side, swap him with Leonard Floyd, put Aaron Donald on the outside identify the matchup all of these guys one-on-one Leonard Floyd Von Miller and Aaron Donald can beat any one of those offensive linemen so D-line has to dominate it's going to be on the Rams defensive line all right well the time has come let's get into our Super Bowl picks now last year when we did this me Raheel and Tim all took the Buccaneers Zoe took the Chiefs we said that Leonard Fournette Gronk and Antonio Brown would all have touchdowns. Zoe said that was crazy. And what happened? All three of them scored touchdowns and the Buccaneers got the win. But we Zoe can redeem herself this year. But let me pick first. Now, yesterday, Tim said that the Rams would get the win. So he's the first to officially put in his pick. Um, for me, right now, uh, the, uh, the Las Vegas line says that the Rams are favored by four points, which I think is a pretty fair line going into this. I mean, we know the roster, the star power, the experience, and the home field. I mean, that that all adds together for that, regardless of how you feel about the Bengals team. But I just think this could, despite how much we hype up both of these offenses, and despite how much I like both of these quarterbacks, I think this could be a lower scoring game. I think it's going to be very similar in style to the Bengals game against the Tennessee Titans a couple of weeks ago. Now, Matt Stafford is a much better quarterback than Ryan Tannehill, but the Rams offense aside from the Bucs game, has tended to be very skittish, you know, getting out of the gate and getting started. Uh, we saw that against San Francisco. It took them a while to get to the end zone and uh, were held pretty silent by the San Francisco defense. And the Bengals' defense, I mean, you don't forget about them. This is a pretty good unit, especially that secondary. I mean, Mike Hilton's had a great postseason. As much as Giants fans want to, like, crucify Eli Apple, I mean, he, he played a pretty good game against the Chiefs, and Zoe already – mentioned Jesse Bates so the the Bengals have a secondary now covering Cooper Cup is going to be difficult but I think Joe Burrow is going to have an adjustment period I think he's going to get pressured I think he's going to get sacked early in the game I think I don't think it's going to be as bad as when Patrick Mahomes was getting mauled last season or when Cam Newton was getting mauled in 2015 in Super Bowl 50 but I still think there's going to be a lot of pressure going towards Burrow's way he's going to struggle early I also think there's a potential for Matthew Stafford to throw a first quarter interception in this game, as he's done in many big games throughout this season. I think it's going to be a slow start for both offenses. I think they'll both get on the board before halftime, 
But if I had to put in my final pick, I think we're going to see some field goals here. I don't think we're going to see a ton of touchdowns, but my final score, I'm going to go with the Rams edging the Bengals 20 to 13. Cooper Cup is going to come up with a clutch touchdown in this game, a couple of field goals from each team, but I think the Rams get the job done. Second straight year, home team defends their home field, wins the Super Bowl. Got the Rams by seven, 20 to 13. Uh, Zoe, time to redeem yourself from last year. Where are you going? You put so much pressure on me. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. Well, for this, I think if you just look based on star power, I mean, I don't see how you don't pick the Rams. Like, I understand that it's going to be a really close game, and I'm hoping for a really, really close game. But if I just line up the two teams, I have trouble not seeing the Rams as the clear winner, right? Just because experience, everything else. I think Joe Burrow's had a great year, and I think he's going to continue to have great years. But for me, I don't know if this is his year to win it. I think he's going to get to the Super Bowl. It's going to be a big stage. And obviously, he did it at LSU, and you've seen him win before. But I think it's a whole nother level, especially when you're playing a team that's at their home stadium. And it's not like the Rams have that many fans. They really don't. But like being at your home stadium, I think, has a huge effect on it. They're used to it. It's a really loud place. It's new. You know, the big screens on top are distracting. For me, I picked the Rams. I think the score is really hard because I want to see a high-scoring game. Like, I know the defense is there, but I really do. I think the Rams are going to score a lot more than we think they're going to. I'm going to go with a 30-27 to 27 win for the Rams. 30 to 27, just like the Bucks game. Uh, all right. That's what I picked for the Bucks game? No, no, no. When the Rams beat the Bucks a couple Oh, of weeks. okay. I was like, I there's no way. Score. I don't know what score you picked. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, Andrew, how about you for your Super Bowl pick? Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. I think the Rams are going to take this one. I, I'm going to be pulling for the Bengals because I, I love Joe Burrow. I personally have fallen in love with this team. It's, it's a great team. But I really think the Rams are just a better team at the end of the day. Uh, they're also more experienced team. Like when it comes down to it, all of the, I mean, this team made the Super Bowl what two, three years ago. So they they've got the experience there. Aaron Donald's played in the Super Bowl. Von Miller was Super Bowl MVP. You know, at the end of the day, the Rams' experience is going to edge out the Bengals, in my opinion. Uh, I've got twenty-four to twenty. I don't think it's going to be a very high-scoring game at the end of the day. I think defense is going to make some plays. Uh, so Rams going to edge them out. All right, well, four people have taken the Rams. Raheel, it's down to you. Are you going to stray? Are you going to go with Joe Shiesty, or are you, you riding with the Rams? See, it's so difficult because, as Zoe said, if you line the teams up, the Rams are clearly better. But, I mean, Joe Burrow in big games. I mean, this season and going back to his college, he's been simply phenomenal. <laughs> like, let's be honest. I mean, who gets sacked nine times against Tennessee and still finds a way to win? That, that's, pretty, that's pretty great. The, the comeback in Kansas City – the way he torched the Clemson defense in the national championship. That being said, though, I'm going to lean and I'm going to go with the Rams. Now, my reasoning for this is the Bengals have had trouble converting in the red zone. All postseason, it's been on the foot of Evan McPherson. I think he needs two field goals to actually break or three field goals to break Vinatieri's record. Mm. But I think them finally struggling in the red zone is going to come back to bite them. I think they put together a couple good drives, but the Rams red zone defense is enough. I got the Rams. 20 to 16. All right. So we've gone uh, unanimous. The Rams we're going with. So maybe we'll see Joe Burrow prove all of us wrong this year. Super Bowl on Sunday night. 
Uh, appreciate our panel, Raheel Jaswal, Andrew Bellows, and Zoe Alter for joining us today. Next week, uh, we'll be recapping the Super Bowl and also previewing the Daytona 500 next Sunday. So stay tuned for that. And once again, a reminder, Sports Speak available on our YouTube channel and now on Spotify as well. And all of that is linked on our Twitter at Sports Speak Live. But until next time, I'm Eddie Kalegi signing off. Uh, have a great weekend and enjoy Super Bowl 56.